Sacramento outscoring Portland 58 to 23 in the last 19 and a half minutes. And with that, the angst, the anger, the disappointment comes to an end. The Sacramento Kings are going to the playoffs. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mark Schindler for your Wednesday night update. Coming up, the Kings light the beam and clinch a playoff berth. KD is back. And 40 is the new 30 in the NBA. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast with no ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Just a buck a month right now for the best sports coverage in the business. We got to jump right in, Mark, because I am excited. For the first time since 2006, the Sacramento Kings are going to the playoffs with a big win, 120 to 80 over the Portland Trailblazers. They clinch their first playoff berth 17 years. Mark, what were you doing in 2006? Well, Dave, I was in uh, I was in third grade in 2006. So it's it's been a minute uh, since the Kings have been here. Uh, I I just and man, I'm ecstatic for that fan base. Uh, I know a lot of really great Kings fans. Um, some of my favorite people to interact with, and I I just couldn't be happier, man. This team has been a joy to watch all year. I think there was a lot of sentiments among. You, me, anybody else working in media that maybe this was going to just be a nice story for the first two months and, and peter out. And um, that just hasn't been the case, man. They've played some of their best basketball over the last month and a half. And um, to see them finally you know, get this moment has been really cool. Yeah, and they, they did it without signing a major free agent. You know, they did make a big trade. They got Demona Sabonis for Terry's Halliburton, which a lot of people didn't like that trade, but it has worked out for this team. Another guy that's worked out for this team, De'Aaron Fox, he had 18 points in this game. Uh, rookie Keegan Murray made his 188th three-pointer of the season, and that's the most ever by a rookie in NBA history. Keegan Murray contributing to this team as a rookie, plays a big part in this. And Coach Mike Brown plays a huge part in this. The guy that I think should be the runaway favorite, if if not unanimous, voted for coach of the year. Uh, Mike Brown just doing a great job. And, and the biggest thing, man, it is a great story because we like to see these small markets or at least, you know, traditionally small markets and the teams that have struggled to make the playoffs we love to see success because we want a league where everybody has a chance to win. Uh, but in particular, man, this team, they've been the butt of jokes for as long as I've been doing this job. And for at least tonight, we can't really make any jokes about the Kings because they're going to the playoffs. So congratulations to the Kings. Congratulations to Kings fans. <sighs> but Wednesday night was kind of nuts. Kevin Durant came back for the first time in a few weeks, made his home debut with the Phoenix Suns in a win over the Timberwolves. And it was a win that the Suns needed to stay ahead of the Clippers since they also won tonight. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I want to start with KD because his return is actually more important to the story of this season or how the rest of the season goes, in my opinion than even the Kings making the playoffs. Because if Kevin Durant is MVP-level Kevin Durant, then I think the Suns should be the favorites to come out of the West and make the finals. How do you think he looked tonight? Uh, definitely rusty. I mean, he mentioned it after the game. It was, you know, he was defended really well to his credit. Too. I mean, to, to, to the Wolves' credit, too. Like, I thought Jaden McDaniels was really good on him. 
Um, obviously throwing a lot of two to the ball on KD. It wasn't just a one-man effort. Um, I mean, Kyle Anderson played a bunch on him. Like there was a lot there where it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, he, he wasn't quite himself. Then he had 16 points and 18 shots. Where that's that's not a typical KD night. But I do think exactly like you're mentioning in terms of just having that player who uh, changes the formula to the level that he can, um, somebody who can just force defenses to have to you know throw two to the ball to have that guy out there alongside Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I thought was instrumental in opening things up for what they did tonight, even without him being, you know, his usual self as a scorer and even having him out there defensively, you get the extra length, you get the extra size um, and just know how on that end. And I think you saw a lot that really shifted things into place and was really important for them tonight in getting that win. Yeah. And on the other side, the Timberwolves were kind of a mess for most of the night. So, you know, credit to them for the score being as close as it was. They have, some sort of intestinal flu going through the team. Most of the guys on the roster were actually questionable to even play and were late additions to, to the active roster for tonight. Rudy Gobert had five offensive fouls in this game. They, they were just, you know, they were getting beat on effort plays. I thought down the stretch, they looked exhausted. They looked like a team that had the flu running through it. And uh, especially late, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, 31 points, in essentially a flu game for him. Um, I, there's not much you can take away from this for me um, from a, a effort level for the Timberwolves down the stretch because, you know, they've been sick. I will say some of the late game execution, they were down six. And for some reason, this is like super late, you know, 20 seconds left. And for some reason, they're running a, a you know, mid-range post-up for Carl Anthony Towns just because he had a mismatch. Didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I, I think as they sort of find their footing, adding him back into the lineup. It, it's just showing some of the warts of the fit that they've got there when, when they're at full strength. Yeah. I think the, the hope is that they can really figure that out uh, down the stretch, which again, tall task with how few games are left, but uh, we've seen them really do some good things in March. Uh, obviously, you know, they were in the sixth seed before tonight uh, falling down to seven now, but I think looking at the total body of work and what they've started to do lately even with what tonight was, I think you saw some really good stuff from Cat. Obviously, the turnovers were tough. Um, but, like, just adding that guy who the, – the drives, the way that he's attacking the basket, I think adds an element that this team, like, when he was – when he's, you know, not been healthy, ha has missed. And I think, you know, figuring that out, obviously, is the biggest aspect of getting them to that next level and being uh, even more competitive in the playoffs. But uh, I think that's what makes me excited about watching the the, the, the last few games for them. Well, after a night off against the Nuggets, James Harden and Joel Embiid were back for the Sixers, and they got their 50th win against the, I think we can only call them sad right now, the sad Dallas Mavericks. 116-108. Uh, Joel Embiid was awesome in this game. 25 points, 9 rebounds. Looked easy for him, to be honest with you. You know, not a lot of size that he had to contend with on the other side. And, and frankly, he looked like the MVP. I mean, you know, whatever is going on with the calf, didn't seem to bother him too much. He only had to play 33 minutes in this game. Uh, but I don't think Philly is the big story here. Uh, to me, the story is the Mavericks, which, look, Philly is a better team. Uh, no one should have expected the Dallas Mavericks to go into Philly and pick up a win tonight. Uh, but after the game, Kyrie Irving, you know, he, he tried to lay out the, the situation, called it a, a, a cluster. F and I think that if you only take that out of context, right, if you only hear him say that, you really are missing the meat of what he was trying to say was, you know, this is an entirely new roster. And I know I'm sitting here defending Kyrie Irving, 
uh, post-game comments, but the truth is he's right. It's a new roster, and it's not a great fit. They don't really have a lot of defensive players, Mark. Um, nobody should have expected them to win this game, but they've now lost three of their last four, and this is a team that after Wednesday night, they sit a full game outside of the play-in. Yeah, not a, it's hard to even be like too frustrated about this one because this is just the tra- trajectory that they've been on, man. Like they have been just pretty wayward. I mean, Christian Wood only played 12 minutes tonight, uh, which was like kind of the sneaky under the radar thing. Like that's obviously, you know, that's been what we've been trending towards the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, he was getting eaten alive when he was out there. Obviously, you know, he's he has no ability to really contend with Joel and the offense hasn't been there for him either, but um, this team just they need the offseason here. I think it's to me, it's so much less about can they make a playoff push? I'm like, I'm just ready for their season to be done so that they can actually start to make moves that, um, aren't just half measures. Like, if, if this isn't anything about you know, the quote unquote was the Kyrie trade like bad for, for, for the Mavs, it was more okay. Well, you get Kyrie here now, you got to figure everything else out because this is just. I mean, talk to anybody, man. This is a barren roster and what they need to do. Obviously, too, like the, the buy-in is not there. That's so much of what the defense is this year and, and rather what the defense isn't. Um, granted, they don't have the guys to be like a top 10 defense, but they have more than enough to to be better than what they have been. Um, and again, that, that when you add that to the confluence of factors with all of the, the post-game comments, with everything we've heard from Jason Kidd, everything we've heard and seen from Luca, like, the vibes are just wretched, um, and it's time for the season to be over for the Mavericks. Yeah, it's a mess. I'm tired of watching it. Uh, I was told that the Milwaukee Bucks had a good defense, Mark. How did uh, they give up 136 points to the Indiana Pacers? Look, I guess it's a good thing that they scored 149 points in regulation against the Pacers to pick up their 55th win of the season, the best team in the league right now, and Drew Holiday had 51 points in this game, a career high for Drew Holiday, who I think is, you know, probably the first or second best guard defender in the league. Uh, Must be a nice luxury to have your best guard defender also be able to have 50. Yeah, this game, if we could rework the Geneva Convention, like this should be (laughs) outlawed. Like this was this was just wild, man. Like, I, you, you know me, I will watch any and all basketball. I love basketball, but this was like, man, the Pacers threw everything in the box at Drew Holiday, but the execution was just so poor. Like, I don't want to discount Drew. Like, having a 50 ball is having a 50 ball. Like, it was a near triple-double, too, but um, that defense was atrocious. He did it in 32 minutes, and he fouled out. He fouled out. This is, I mean, this is one of the most amazing 50-point games in NBA history because he fouled out. Uh, and we should mention Giannis stat padding, 38 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists, just absolutely dominant. And and he ended a career tonight with a two-handed just monster poster, which you don't get a lot of two-handed poster dunks uh, from anyone, but Giannis uh, manages to pull that off. The Clippers pick up a big win over the Memphis Grizzlies, keeping pace right behind the Phoenix Suns after their win uh, earlier over the over the Wolves. And we've got to talk about Russell Westbrook because there was no Kawhi Leonard in this game for out for personal reasons. Paul George still out with the knee injury that's probably going to keep him out at least until the playoffs and maybe through the first round. 
Who do they lean on, Mark? Russell Westbrook. That's right. Um, Russell Westbrook picks up the slack. 36 points, 13 of 18 from the field, 5 of 5 from 3. He also had 10 assists, 2 blocks. The first Clipper ever to have over 35 points, 10 assists, and 2 blocks. Thanks to Clippers PR for that one. And um, he led the way. Russell Westbrook with a vintage game, Mark. Yeah, he was he was awesome tonight, man. It, it was really just fun to watch too because you saw the Clippers open up the playbook a little bit more to try and get him going downhill uh, with optimal spacing. Like I really, that I think that's what I enjoyed watching the most was like just seeing like, oh hey, you know they're actually kind of running some stuff. Um, but on top of that too, like worth noting, like obviously Jaron Jackson didn't play. I think that played a part in what was or wasn't the defense for for the for the Grizz tonight, but. I mean, the biggest story was they had nothing to stop for us. Like, they, they couldn't stop him at the rim. They couldn't stop him on the perimeter. Um, basically, anything getting Russ, especially they, they ran a ton of guard, guard screens with Bones Highland for, for Russ late. And Bones was really good tonight as well, too. I, our, I mean, maybe his best game as a Clipper, um, which was really good to see as well. Robert had Covington a, had 27. Like, hey, my my guy Bones had a crazy over the top of his head backwards pass to, oh, to sick. Uh, plum, plum Dog underneath the basket for a dunk. And look, here's the thing about the Clippers, man. 22 of 37 from three. They shot 60% from three. They made 22 threes and 23 free throws. And there's just not a lot of times you're going to lose games when you have, hit those kind of numbers. So, I mean, this was a good win for the Clippers. Uh, for Memphis, doesn't really matter all that much. Doesn't drag them down the standings. You know, they they pretty uh, pretty much are set, I think, in that two spot. Uh, but the Clippers, it keeps them right on the heels of the Suns. And with the Lakers picking up a win over the Bulls, thanks to 38 points from Anthony Davis, we got to update the playoff race, Mark, because this is how it is every single night. I'm literally watching the standings right as I'm watching games. So the first set of games end... I have to look at the standings so I kind of see the the context of the evening games. And right now, we have the the Golden State Warriors are just, they seem like they might be locked in at that sixth seed. They have a one-game lead over the Timberwolves after the Wolves lost tonight uh, against the Suns. The Lakers and the Pelicans are 38-38. and They are a half game back of the Timberwolves in the eight and nine seeds, respectively. And then you have the Thunder a half game back of both of those teams um, in the 10th spot. And then the Mavericks, a full game behind the Thunder. By the way, we didn't even mention this. The Thunder pick up a big win against the Pistons. So the Pistons have been playing very competitive basketball here lately for for a bad young team. They've been in a lot of games, and they're kind of doing this perfectly because they're still losing. And they lost to the Thunder thanks to J-Dub. Jalen Williams with a putback buzzer beater after a chaotic finish there, Mark. Um, you you watched the end of that. I mean, Jalen Williams somehow was going to make himself felt in that game, and no better way than the little tip in. Yeah, uh, that was pretty awesome from him. Uh, just exactly like you mentioned, having a game come down late like that, um, and then finishing it up off exactly like you mentioned the tip and dunk after a late uh, like jump ball with like eleven seconds left. Um, yeah, weird Lou game, with but a fun way to end it. Clutch jump ball victory by Lou Dort. Josh Giddy rescues the ball from going out of bounds, puts a shot up, and and J Dub Jalen Williams 
there with the putback, and I'm still frustrated that there's going to be two guys named Jalen Williams that are going to be pretty decent, and they're both going to be on the Thunder. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Mark Schindler, I'm Dave DeFore. Mark, let's get out of here. Ding, ding, y'all.